soaring into history. He's done it. He has done it. 62. Aaron Judge is the American League single season home run leader. The AL King. Case closed. Twenty-eighth episode of the Bronx Farm Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Lovelady. Tonight, it's me, Andrew, and G. And guys, Aaron Judge is your new American League home run champion. Sixty-two home runs. He does it in Texas with literally a game to spare in the regular season. It was beginning to look like he may not do it, but man, Aaron Judge, sixty-two home runs. So, guys, I mean, wow. I mean, it. Like I said, I was almost set on him, the fact that he just wasn't going to get it. It was He was just going to be stuck at 61, and that was going to be that. But leads off the second game of a doubleheader with an absolute bomb to left, and just like that, 62 home runs for Aaron Judge. So, Andrew, how are we feeling after Judge finally does it? Look, I'm in the same, same boat as you. I kind of had resigned myself to the fact that it just wasn't going to happen, and that yep. doesn't take away the fact that 61 being an incredible achievement in its own right. But look, it, he's kind of balancing pressing for the record, but also still loosely in contention for the Triple Crown. So he's just got to get on base. He's got to get hits. And I don't even know if he was, if you could say he's struggling the past, what, six or so games. But it just didn't seem like it, it was going to happen for. A number of reasons, right? The opposing pitcher being afraid to pitch to him, him maybe pressing a little bit, but I was kind of okay with it, but we got it tonight. Now, no one can ever take that away from him. He's hit more home runs than any American League player ever. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was I was pretty much pretty much in agreement. I was like, yeah, he's not doing it, which um, it took him eight or nine games to get to 60. I guess they're 61. And then, um, yeah, I kind of just looked up, you know, the days were going by and looked up today and I was like, oh, wait a minute. There's literally two days of the regular season left. So um, I was hopeful after game one today. I was especially not hopeful. And um, otherwise, you know, nice for him to get it off his back here. And I'd be absolutely shocked if he played tomorrow. But who knows? Um, But good for him. That's pretty, pretty fucking cool. So, yeah, Aaron Judge. Absolutely incredible. And like we've mentioned before, it for me, it wasn't just the fact that he hit 62. It's he hit 62 in a year where, you know, as far as we could tell, there are really only juiced balls for, like, nationally televised games, right? For most games, the balls weren't juiced, but he's literally 20 home runs ahead of everyone else. Um, obviously, you know, everyone brings up the steroid and, you know, all the, a lot of people are going to call him the quote-unquote real home run champion. Like, I don't want to get into all that, but the bottom line is, I mean, you know, the American League's been around for 120 years, and this man just broke the record for most home runs player in a single season. Just, just unbelievable. Um, and also, I'm not sure if you guys saw the guy that just literally jumped from the ledge when the Judge hit that ball in the left field. I'm not sure like how close he was to it, or, like why, like 
maybe he was like expecting a ricochet or like the ball to like go down there. I mean, not a bad strategy to be honest, but uh, I wonder if that guy's okay. I'm not sure how many feet that fall is. I assume it's at least 10 or so feet. So, but man, I mean, that, whoever caught that ball may, maybe, you know, pretty set. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, but yeah, just an unbelievable accomplishment for Judge. I'm pretty sure they're already set because um, someone said somewhere that he's like an executive for some investment oh, really? firm. Or oh, e- yeah, either way. I'll find it, but I'm pretty sure he's fine either way. Yeah, well, it's, good, it's good to see that someone who really deserved it got it, you know? <laughs> it's really now, it's kind of funny because the last, what, a week or so, the regular last week or so, you kind of knew the Yankees were going to be the two seed in the AL, and there was really nothing else to watch other than judge. And now that he's hit the home run, it's like, all right, well, last two games of the regular season is kind of just going through the motions, right? There's really nothing else to be excited for. But then this isn't going to be the full playoff show. This is mostly, you know, judge. We're going to look ahead, talk about some other things, wrap up the regular season. But we don't know who we're going to play until either Saturday or Sunday, right, between the Guardians and the Rays. So that will be our full playoff show next week. But – and it, tonight, this is just a, a celebratory pod for Aaron Judge. I mean, if he look, the question is for me if he's not if he's going to win the MVP, but if he's going to be like the unanimous MVP. Are there going to be you know, those two, three, however many, however many writers that put that vote in for Otani? Look, there, there, there absolutely there's, will because yeah. the MLB writers are clowns. Yeah, there, there's no chance that he gets a, a unanimous nomination and. Look, if we're being perfectly honest with ourselves, I, I probably don't think he should be either. Like, there is some merit to what people say about Shohei Otani. I think we're all in agreement that Judge should still win it. But for Otani to get completely closed out of any first place votes entirely, I think would be a shock. Um, it just just on the basis of what he does, he's the fact that he said he's a two-way player and no one else is doing that. That being said, I still don't think he deserves the award. I need to clarify that. But I think that he'll at least garner some votes. Uh, Andrew, to those ends. News, Andrew just cast his ALMVP vote for Shohei Otani. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. He just did it on this pod celebrating Aaron Judge. But no, I, I, I do agree that he'll get a few votes. But I, I think it just, it's for me, it just comes down to like, look, the guy just broke the AL home run record. I get you could also say what Otani's doing is like something that hasn't been done in years and years, but I don't know. I really think it should be. Not at least like 80, 90 See, that's like, I'm tired of hearing that though, because that's literally the first thing that people will say. It's like, oh, Judge has like 30 home or home runs, then the next closest guy. And then literally without fail, it's just like, hey, what Osha- like what Shohei Otani's doing hasn't been done in 100 years. Like, it's unprecedented. I'm like, all right, cool. But like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> this man just broke you know, the AL record for home runs. Like, I don't care. Otani can win it every other year, but he can't win it this year. And that's that's honestly not an unreasonable thing to say, I don't think. Well, yeah, how many absolutely. how many 60 home run, 300 batting average seasons have there been? I don't think any yeah, of the three times. Like Maris at 260, I believe, where he had 61. I know that. Um, yeah, yeah so that Sammy's – all right, so it was Sammy Sosa – uh, most recently in 2001, 64 home runs, a 328 batting average. Uh, but <laughs> I don't necessarily know if that's comparable because we know how different pitching was back then. And obviously he was cheating. So I don't know. You see, that's something I've pointed out is like, forget the steroids. 
Like, forget the steroids for just a second. Like, let's just talk about the pitching in that era. Like, let's talk about the difference between bullpen arms in that era. Like, back, you look at any game, you know, 2002, 2003. If Barry Bonds or one, you know, Sosa or McGuire, if one of these guys had in that bat in the sixth, seventh, or eighth inning, and it wasn't against the starter, it was like a you know four or five run game just against a relief pitcher. They were probably facing a relief pitcher that was throwing like 91 mile per hour fastball. Right, it's just a different game. Like now, ML every uh, bullpen has three, four guys throwing 98 plus. It's just a different game, man. And I, I really don't think people understand it. Now, am I saying that those guys wouldn't even have hit 40 home runs if they were playing for it? No, if they were juiced out of their minds like they were back then. No, I still think they're popping 50 plus out. But I, I do think it, you do have to consider how much tougher pitching is. I mean, shit, shit dude. Like just scroll through Pitching Ninja and tell me that those guys would be putting up the same numbers they would be today that they were back then. Yeah, it, it goes it goes both ways, right? Because you mentioned the fact that the relievers aren't in the same class back then that they are now, but also the fact that because of that, teams were way more apt to – it was just commonplace for a starter to go seven innings every night, right? Now it's like third time through, they to get in the hell out. Now you're facing three different pitchers over four bats um, as opposed to – like you look at career – Hitters, right? Guys who played 20 years, Maguire, Sosa, Bonds, right? They're facing certain pitchers, especially guys in their own division, three times a night, three or four times a year. You rack up hundreds of bats against these guys, and you can really get in the zone, and like you, you're just not going to see that anymore. Yeah, exactly. And, and I was just kind of using the example of like if a pitcher had a really bad game, it's like a six-one game in the sixth inning, and they just bring in that kind of you know bottom relief pitcher where i feel like even now guys at the bottom end of a, of a bullpen will still have good stuff maybe they don't have the command maybe they're young but like it, it's just it really is it's just night and day between what bullpen arms were back then like i feel like bullpen arms back then were just failed like were really just failed starters now bullpen arms like you have guys that come up as bullpen arms like right away you know it's, just, it's a different game man that will be so different but look now we could focus on the playoffs, guys. You know, as great as Judge hitting 62 was, as you know, amazing as it was seeing, you know, I mean, I, yeah, would I have liked him to do it at Yankee Stadium? Absolutely. But it was cool seeing him do it on the road and seeing, you know, basically the whole place go crazy. And, you know, it made sense because it was the Rangers who were a team that literally has, you know, one of the worst teams in baseball. So those fans haven't had much to cheer for all year. So it makes sense. But it was cool. It was definitely cool being, you know, a visiting crowd cheer on Judge. But now it's time to look ahead to October. And I think I said it on the last pod that I'm scared. Like, I am, I am very nervous, and I still feel very nervous. Um, the ALDS, I believe, whoever the Yankees play, I believe it will be a tough series, but I believe they'll get by it. The hell knows at this point. But the Astros look better than ever, right? It's, it's as simple as that. I mean, as much as we hate them, as annoying as they are, I mean, their hitting's amazing. I mean, JV and Framber at the front end of that rotation is absolutely menacing. Um, if the Yankees do get by the ALDS and that's who they're facing the ALCS, that's going to be one really tough series. And I mean, I know this obviously, you know, the Yankees are in Yale, but I mean, man, look at the NL between the Dodgers. In the Braves, and I mean, I know we make fun of them. I know they just lost the division, and all those memes are going around, which are hilarious, and I've laughed at them all. But 
that Mets team is still very dangerous. I mean, I would not be surprised at all to see that Mets team in the World Series. So it's going to be an, it's going to be a very interesting uh, October. Whether you know, depending on how far the Yankees advance, that's that's a big question. But yeah, it's going to be very interesting, and I'm very nervous. Uh, <clears throat> brief NL thought here to say that I will riot if we don't get a Braves Dodgers NLCS. Because yeah, that's I mean, the series that, series that we deserve. Last, that series last year was awesome. I mean, Eddie Rosario literally, you know, took some potion, took Mike's secret stuff, and then was just never the same player after that series. It's kind of crazy, but yeah, that that was. You, you even go back to to twenty twenty. They had a great series then too. The Braves right? blowing yeah. the three one lead. That the the Dodgers coming back yeah. from that on their way to the Arlington, World Series. Right? Yeah. yeah. So it's two years in a row they've met in the LCS. Yeah, so it's gonna be a great postseason. But really, like I think I put the poll in today, and I like I hate being negative, but at this point, like I really just don't have a whole lot of confidence that the Yankees can win. Now, no, and, and and it sucks because it yeah. looks like Stanton's rounding into form. You have an all-world MVP player in Aaron Judge. The rotation, there's obviously some question marks, but you got a, a pretty pretty nice one-two. And I'm gonna say one-two, even though it's probably one and three, but. Mm-hmm. And Nestor Cortez and Luis Severino, who carried a seven-inning no-hitter last night. Um, Garrett Cole is what he is, right? He's going to give up home runs, which sucks, and you can't do that in October. And that's how you lose games. It's hard to string together a lot of hits against good pitchers. But it, who, who the hell is? Maybe he can flip a switch. Like, they have the rotation to finally get it done. They have an MVP-level hitter in the middle of their lineup, or maybe the top lineup, depending on how they structure it, to get it done. But that bullpen, man, the the amount of attrition that they've gone through this year that that's the 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 glaring Achilles heel of this team I just don't see how that doesn't come back to bite us yeah see that's the thing I really look coming into the year like I said like I've been wrong before coming into the year I thought this was going to be an 80 win team and here they are you know about to win the about to possibly win 100 games now and also I just wanted to mention that the fact that Judge hit the home run with the Yankees record was 59 and 61 definitely not a coincidence uh universe doesn't work in weird ways at all but honestly though like it really is tough to feel too confident about this team and it really is because of the bullpen like that's like if the bullpen was healthy and we had like a lot of because like look as is i mean we don't even have to talk we've talked about numerous times in this pod how big losing was obviously we don't have to discuss that but now, you know, Ron Marinaccio's out for the ALDS. Maybe he comes back if the Yankees make the ALCS. Like, they just had to call back Albert Abreu. Like, this is what we're dealing with, guys. Like, this, like, you look at, like, right now, right now, if you had, like, you know, you had a playoff bullpen, right? You're looking at Lou Trevino, Chapman, Elizaga, Efros, Schmidt, Licky. Maybe uh, Herman or Tyone, one or the other, whichever one you don't, you know, put in that number four. I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, that's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to. If we're talking about who should not be in the rotation, it's Tyone. If we're talking about who's been better in the bullpen, it's Herman. But just in terms of bullpen, though, like that's, that's a bad playoff bullpen, man. I mean, who's the it's best? It's definitely the worst bullpen. bullpen the Yankees have had in like at least a half a decade. Oh, I mean, yeah, in, in and, and here's time. the thing that I, I did see today. I, I don't know if it was uh, Hoke who tweeted it or it might have been Joel Sherman. It might have even been Jack Curry. But because the Yankees have no 
defined positions in that bullpen, right? Like you don't have a, a true, true blue setup, man. You don't have a closer that you can kind of just do it by committee and do matchups. And there is some merit to that because analytics, I'm sure, will back. Hey, don't bring in this guy in the ninth inning. Bring in this guy when the spot in the order that's most efficient to bring him in calls for, right? And right. if you can mix and match, like maybe they can make it work. But damn, I'd feel better if we had at least one guy that we knew for sure. Given Loiza good today, like got that double play to end the game. But the first three pitches to Semyon were in the dirt, like didn't, weren't even close to the plate. Like there's just not. He's probably your, your your top guy, right? But I don't know if there's one guy I'm head over heels confident yeah. in, and that, that's scary. Yeah. See, like the thing with bullpen arms, and I feel like you could almost say this about any position group, but this especially goes with bullpen. Like you look at bullpen guys at a year to year basis, like a, a bullpen arm could be, you know, a closer or lever could literally have had a 0.5 ERA with like a 0.2 whip the year before, and then could come out the next year and just be awful. Right. Like they, it's bullpen on got like relievers have such short shelf life. And even though like, obviously like Louisa the past few years before this was awesome. Right. It was one of our best relievers. He's just, and he's had good moments this year, but, He's also just had way too many bad moments to have confidence in him, right? He's it just he's had a lot of blowup outings. I think what is he ended up at like four point five. He just overall did not have a good year. And you know, like even if Clay Holmes comes back, which you know probably not, it's it's just these guys have had too many blow. Like all these guys have had too many blowup outings for us to feel confident with them. And that's it's the scary thing is at the end of the day, like you know. These guys are going to have to go out there, right? So someone's they're going to have to pitch someone because Joe King, now Marinaccio's out, who was actually one of your best bullpen arms, even though he had his struggles at times, especially with control. It's really scary. Now, you know, can you get a blank out of Cole, out of Nestor, out of Seve, out of Tyone? Yeah, you can. But at the end of the day, look, more likely than not, a lot you're not going to be winning these games eight nothing ten to two five like you're gonna have to pitch guys in high leverage situations and looking at that list of relievers right now it's really tough to have confidence that the yankees can make a postseason run with those relievers it really yeah is. see for for me with with the bullpen uh i almost think it's more important and and like this is kind of like my philosophy with like fantasy football too not that anyone asked but uh <laughs> I, I'd rather have a guy who what you see is what you get and you kind of know what you're going to get rather than a guy like, let's say, Clay Holmes or even Wandy, where one night they can, look, they can look untouchable, right? If Chapman, sure. Garrett Cole, like they can look so untouchable at one moment. And then maybe they come in for a four out save. They get that one out. They, they dominate the guy on four pitches, strike him out. Right. Uh, and then they just can't throw a strike the following inning. Right. Like that's 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 the scary part, the danger zone. Um, you lose the upside, like the the max potential, right? So like it's kind of like me avoiding like a boomer busting and going back to the fantasy example, right? Um, and I'd rather almost get a guy who you know is like, well, they're gonna struggle, they're gonna probably walk a batter and maybe not have great put away stuff, but they're never gonna give up a double in the gap that drives in two runs, right? Like you, guys, they're gonna grind their way through with the high, guys with high floors, guys with high floors, basically. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you're right. There's just <laughs> so many of those guys are just, oh, this guy's a ticking time bomb. Oh, this guy's a ticking time bomb, too. Oh, yeah, this guy could definitely, you know, just at any moment walk the bases loaded or give up. It's just, it's really not a lot of confidence. And like G said, 
this is our worst bullpen in years. I mean, the Yankees, even in the down years where they were barely winning 85 games, like we've always had a good bullpen. And like even I think going into this year, that was we were pretty skeptical about the bullpen. And Clay Holmes and Mike King were literally the best one-two punch the first half of the season. So it's it's going to be strange. But that's because look at the end of the day, like I think. Do I think the Yankees have the best starting rotation in the postseason? No. But Cole, Nestor, and Seve is a pretty good one, two, three, especially considering, you know, Nestor, like Seve looks great his last few starts. Nestor look, has looked great all year. I mean, that's that's a pretty good top three. And look, the debate of who should be the four between Tyone and Herman, I get that uh, Tyone has looked great. Herman's looked better than him. But I'm just not sure if they're just going to put Tyone in the bullpen. I think Herman he has <clears throat> bullpen experience, especially recent bullpen experience. So I think he'll just be more comfortable in a role like that. Well, I think the the the, the one yeah, he didn't start a full season's worth. Of, he didn't start a full season's worth of games, but Herman has a better ERA than Gary Cole does. <laughs> that that is that is something. Uh, yeah. You won't actually need either of them in the rotation in the, the ALDS, which is nice because you can get away with three starters. Right. Uh, it's a weird schedule this year where there's game one is on, I think, a Thursday. Then they have the Friday off. Then they play game two on a Saturday. Then they have the the Sunday off for travel day. Then they play games four on the road uh, back to back. And then they, they game five is without a, an off day travel day in between. And like, thank God we're not playing Seattle because those two teams having to fly home from Seattle to New York without a day off in between. It'd be the game five would be a disaster. But. It, because of that, you can have your your game one starter pitch game four on regular rest because you have two off days in between, and then you could in theory put your game two guy on short rest in game five, and that's kind of an argument actually to to pitch Cole in game two because I feel like he'd be more apt to pitch on three days rest instead of Cortez. But it's one benefit we have is that you probably have both Herman and Tyone in the in the rotation. Actually, in the bullpen for the ALDS, if they, if they, but if they don't want them in the bullpen, they probably won't even put them on the roster. Right. Mister's that fun and games guy though, so I feel like on three days rest he would figure it out and at least be decent for like five innings. Mister would figure it out regardless. But guys, I, I just wanted to really quickly talk about because we're gonna wrap up here soon. But I just wanted to talk about this Garrett Cole quote that, and look, I'm gonna preface this by saying, I. I get what he was trying to say, but like the way he said it, it just it just came out completely wrong. Basically, he said that like I like I'm not here to be the game one guy, right? Like I'll do what the team needs me to do, whatever the team asks me to do. Like that's what he was trying to say. Like I'll do whatever the team needs me to do. Like which I totally get, right? That's like a classic cliche. But the fact that he said I wasn't brought here to be like I, I'm not here to be the game one guy, it's like my brother. You are here to be the game one guy. You, they, you gave yeah, like if he pitched to be the game one guy, like that's kind of why you're here, man. Like I, I know what you were trying. Know what he was trying to say. I know exactly. Like if he, what he pitched as good like, as he could, and... do, like for sure. But Jesus Christ, dude, you, you can't say I'm not here to be the game one guy. Like you just can't say that. that that's... If he if he pitched as well as he could and should have, then it wouldn't be discussion at all who pitches game one. Yeah. Look. 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 It. It's going to happen, even if, like, some great pitchers, there could be another pitcher on your team that maybe doesn't get paid as much as you, that just has a great year. It happens. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I I think he should, if he would have just, the fact that he just, you know, word for it said, 
I'm not here to be the game one guy, like to be the game one guy was just that's bad optics. That's just bad, bad logistics, bad, whatever you want to call it. Like, it's just ah, like I just saw that quote and I'm like, man, they they literally did bring you here to be the game one guy. That's kind of that's kind of why they pay, paid you that big contract. But regardless, I yeah, I don't think that it, I think it's going to be Cole Nestor. And, you know. I don't think that it's going to be an issue. I think that you know, everyone expects Cole to be game one, the game one starter. It's it's and so so does Nestor. So yeah, I think it's kind of a non-discussion at the end of the day. Who who has Nestor been the way better pitcher this year? Obviously, but yeah, it's going to be Cole. Man. You know, I was just saying this to a few people this year. How it's funny that Nestor makes like literally one fortieth of what Garrett Cole makes. And has like a full run ERA better than him, <laughs> but I don't know. Garrett Cole makes what thirty six. Nestor makes like seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and Nestor's been. But I mean, I, I feel like it should be more about like you know Nestor than his Cole. Nestor, he what's he gonna finish like top five, maybe top three inside in building? And he's been amazing. Good for, like, I hope Nestor's a Yankee for a long time, but. Guys, anything else you want to talk about before we uh, wrap it up here tonight? Um, and by the way, we like I said, we will be doing the full preview show next week, depending on if we're playing the Cleveland Guardians, Rays. Um, first of all, who who would we rather play in that series? Guardians. Uh, or don't don't answer that. That that that's that's it's a qu- you don't want the answer to that question. <laughs> Why not? If if you say you don't want to, you you'd rather face Cleveland because you can't stomach losing to Tampa which is kind of how I lean, but then you got to face the hottest team in baseball over the last three to four weeks. you got to face a one-two buzzsaw of, of Bieber just, and Tristan McKenzie and arguably the best bullpen in the entire American say, League. It's going from talking about our bullpen to talking about their bullpen. Just, yeah, no, guys, no thanks. So I'm not going to do it. They have like um, four bullpen. <clears throat> yeah, I think they have four bullpen arms that at this point would be our best bullpen arms. So yeah. And one of them is former Yankee Trevor Steffen, which just makes me throw up. Yes. Um, Did you guys know that as of seven hours ago, before Garrett Cole pitched, him and Jamison Tyone were tied in most home runs allowed in the American League since July 5th? Yep. And now Garrett Cole, I suppose, would be leading in that category. And shout out to Cole for breaking the Yankee record for strikeouts in a single season. I thought you were going to say shout out to Cole for for breaking the American League home run record with 62 home runs. Uh, That's probably next, though. All right. Yeah, like non-ironically, congratulations to Garrett Cole. He's the Yankee single season strikeout leader. Good for him. Yeah, absolutely. It just shows you how amazing of a pitcher he is. And how frustrating. That's why we get so frustrated when he gives up. It is. It's literally just the home runs. That's the annoying thing. It's literally not. It's it's only the home runs that he does wrong. Yeah. See, I, I actually disagree with that. For me, it's as much the walks because I, maybe we were spoiled with it last year, and I said it on the last podcast. But he had that that record. I think it was in 2020. Uh, maybe it was 2021. I thought it was 2020. Uh, like most consecutive innings pitched or most consecutive strikeouts accrued with uh, some some combination of either strikeouts or innings or one or the other um, without issuing a single walk. And, and now he's just guaranteed to walk two or three guys every start now, which isn't terrible per se, but when like your calling card is strikeouts and not walking batters and you're not doing one of those two things anymore, that, that that's what gets me. Almost as much as the home runs. The home runs obviously are more impactful, but... I, absolutely, I agree, Andrew. He definitely, the walks have gone up. And that's not what you want to see. 
quote former Philly great manager Joe Girardi, it's not what you want. Um, yeah, and speaking of the Phillies are in the playoffs, uh, rough look for Joe G. Maybe maybe the game passed them by. Joe Girardi's chief lieutenant all those years, Rob Thompson, turning the ship around and guiding the Phillies to the playoffs. Yep, and as we're recording this, the Yankees lost and matter because there's actually nothing to play for. Judge hit the home run tonight, and that's really all that mattered in this game. And yeah, we're going to see, we are going to see the worst possible lineup tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Um, also, shout out to Stan, has hit some absolute moonshots the last few games, getting hot at the right time, question mark. Three home runs, or uh, what is it? Home runs, three games in a row. Yeah, I mean, I think two of those went over 450 feet, so. Yeah, which yeah. is nice, but but more than anything else, it's, did he run into a ball, or is he right. figuring out his timing? Because his timing's exactly. all that matters. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not just like, you know, oh, like, you know, Stanton hits some that barely get out. Like, he absolutely squared these up and just smoked these, which is just great to see. Yeah, the one like yesterday. When, I feel like when he hits one of those, that almost, like, unlocks, some, uh, like, Stanton, and then he'll get hot after that, so. You know, the one yesterday, which would have been Monday night, was 457 feet. Yeah, and I think the other one he hit was like 452 or 458 or something. So, yeah, it, that's great to see. Hopefully, Stan keeps hitting. But, yeah, uh, we'll be back next week previewing the our ALDS opponent. Like I said, it's going to be either the Rays or the Guardians. We'll be watching this weekend the uh, Wild Card Series. And... We will talk a little NL too. We'll make it a full MLB yeah, we'll, playoffs. We'll obviously look at the NL playoffs. It's going to be some very interesting matches. Like I said, it's going to be just a great postseason. Just from a, like a new, like you know, taking off our my Yankee hat for a second. It's just going to be a great postseason. I mean, I know last year was the AL. I really think. I mean, obviously, you know, you take it one series at a time. The Rays and Guardians are both great teams that could easily, you know, beat the Yankees in a five game series, but. I think the a, like you look at the AL, it really comes down to the Yankees and Astros for most people. Obviously, the Astros are going to be a big favorite in that series at this point. Just the fact that they've been such a juggernaut all year, and the Yankees just the second half of the year have, at best, been an average team. So obviously, that's going to be a very most people are going to yeah. be taking the Astros in five or six games, sadly. But you know, that's what happens. It's going to be like that until the Yankees beat them. It's like what the Angels were in the early, like the mid and late 2000s. Like, yeah, well, you know, we just assumed we would lose until they finally beat them, and that was the year where, like, oh, we're going to win the championship this obviously year. Like, I said, obviously, like I said, not a lot of confidence, but that's why they play the games. We'll see what happens. But yeah, like I said, like I said, the NL, the NL is going to be really fun. I mean, we're going to get. I mean, obviously the Mets are now you know, in a situation where they're in a wild card. I mean, that's that's gonna be rough. I'm not off the top of my head. I'm not sure who they would be set up to play, but I mean, you know, they could possibly be playing Braves, the Dodgers, and the division series. I mean, that's that's gonna be. I'm gonna say, can we pour one out? Series. Can we pour one out just for this baseball season because of how good it was? Like, yeah, this was a great baseball season between Judge. Uh, you know, a lot of fun division races. Uh, like the Dodgers are going to win, the Dodgers are going to wind up winning 111 or 112 games, and the Braves played at like the Mets won 100 games, and today and like the last few days we're all just like shitting on them like we do because they're the Mets, mm-hmm. 
and people saying yeah, that they man. blew a lead, and the Braves just played at an absolutely insane, like, 114-game right. win pace for the last four yeah. months of the yeah, season. Yeah, like, one of my friends down here is a Mets fan, and I said to him today, I was like, look, all, like, I'm like, all jokes aside, like, the Braves are insane. I mean, they, like, what they did the last few months of the season, like, the fact that they literally just pull guys out of nowhere and just sign guys for, like, $10 million a year, and it, they're just amazing. Like, you just got to give them credit, man. Like, Does they, anyone have uh, Joey Gallo's record this year? I, I thought we banned saying that name on this podcast. Uh, I was, Sorry, I was I, gonna record. I'm like, at that what the hell are you talking? Oh, like because he went from the best team in baseball to the best team in baseball. Uh, like well, they, they so transferred people, hands well, dude, with like, that people, No, that's funny because like people were saying like if you can buy like I think like Emma they have like you know the percent chance to win the World Series like they have the Dodgers like 16 and the Yankees at eight so like oh technically Joey Gallo is like a 25 percent chance of getting a ring and I'm like oh my god that's so true. Uh. Yeah, I think his teams combined to win like 118 games this year. Hey, man. That's bananas. Well, we can fire up someone, fire up StatMuse and find out what the Dodgers' record since August 2nd was. I mean, dude, that's the key, man. Joey Gallo gets in your locker room. Great locker room guy. Your team wins games. But not for nothing, but he's batting 160 with the Dodgers just like he was batting 159 with the Yankees so whatever big surprise big surprise surprise. exactly he's slugging 375 which is a whole seven points better than he was in his 500 plate appearances with the Yankees all right I'm done pretty shocking actually I'm actually I can't believe that um yeah guys about to be October playoff baseball We've been going through the motions the last few weeks, waiting for Judge to break the record. He finally did. And now we can focus on the postseason. So the next podcast yeah, like, will be previewing the LDS opponent. And you know, By record, they've been playing decently the last couple weeks. I think we've all kind of just been distracted and pay, less paying attention to how they've actually been playing because we've been focusing on judges, like every judge at bat. So... Yeah, now that Judge finally broke the record, we could really just playoffs. And yeah, that's for Andrew. Any final thoughts? Nothing for me, man. We'll uh, we'll we'll be back here in what'd you say, five days? Yeah, sometime next week. Ish. The wild card series could end either Saturday or Sunday, so we'll see. We're not sure what time those games will be at, but regardless. Whoever we play, you hope that series goes three games. That's all I got to say, because right. then you want to stretch the opposing pitching staff as thin as possible. Now, I get there will be some off days in between. Actually, probably only one, right? Because the LDS starts next Tuesday. I believe so. I'd have to double check that. So could they, in theory, start their game one from the wild card in the LDS? Maybe. Might be three days rest, but I don't know. You, you still want to want to give yourself the advantage of having that buy, having the opportunity to, to line up your pitching staff to kind of get healthy, recuperate. But ultimately, because we've never seen this in baseball, the the buy has its own advantage in the NFL because it's a super physical sport. But even then, you see some teams come out a, a little rusty. Uh, baseball, you really have to play every single day. So I am leery of how the Yankees would respond to having four or five days off, um, especially because tomorrow's going to be a throwaway too. So we'll see. Uh, you would hope that the days off help them kind of reboot and come ready for, for the playoffs next week. But 
I really hope they don't come out slow and you know sluggish. Like that's that, that would just be uh, that that's the last thing we and it just brings back all the memories of, of every Celtics season before. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely what you don't want to ha- want to happen because you're right. It's a new element dealing with this buy. It's something that you know never really had before. You know, before the wildcard game was just one game. It was really just like an extra day off or two. That was it. Now it's almost an extra week off. So, yeah, we shall see, right? So, for Luigi, for Andrew, for G, this was the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. And it's postseason baseball, boys.